Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. And uh, yeah, we're going to just hop into this. Uh, you know, weather, sunny, not too hot, warm enough. <laughs> nice out. On. normally we do preamble we got to keep a tight schedule this week unfortunately because we're trying to cram four episodes or four recordings in because stuff's going on a vacation lucky her i know i wish i could do a vacation the only vacation i do now is to my fridge that's it but i'm that would also be true of me until this vacation (laughs) um (laughs) but uh speaking of uh, I was going to say speaking of fridges, but there's no real fridge reference in this episode. Um, but the talk- fridge does play a prominent role. Sorry? The fridge does play a prominent role, though, because they, you always see the fridge opening. In every episode, there's a fridge opening. Yeah. I, I guess that's out. true. Yeah. They got to open the fridge at least once. Um, everybody's got an old looking fridge. Now, not just because it's you know the beginning of the 2000s, but everybody seems like they have an old fridge. I think it's also like the old time charm of the of the show too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah so this episode is called runaway little boy and uh yeah we we get um yeah unfortunately some tristan but also but the, the last, last of tristan yes tristan is done you will not see him anymore Thank goodness. He got a gig acting on something, so he left. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah jumping ahead to behind the scenes trivia, but like, yeah, basically the actor who played Tristan got two roles. I think one was Dawson's Creek, and the other was One Tree Hill. Mm-hmm. And because of both of those, he had to leave Gilmore Girls. So that's but so why... Gilmore Girls did give him give him a boost. So. Yeah, it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was one of his first acting gigs before those other ones. Because I think wow. some people maybe think, oh, he was on. Dawson's Creek before, but no, it was Gilmore Girls that he was on before. Huh. So, huh. Um, this show started a lot of careers, right? It, it did, yeah. You're gonna see a lot of people pop up. Like, I know uh, John Hamm who played Don Draper. He goes on a date with Lorelai in one episode. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then the woman that plays Patty has a history of acting, like for years, decades. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, this episode uh, kind of starts off with Lorelai really receiving a late wedding present with no car attached, so she doesn't know who it's from, but she tries to return it. Um, yeah, Italian ice cream maker. Which is pretty cool. I mean, I'm not saying I would have kept yeah. it, but I would have probably kept it, because why not? But, yeah, yeah, they were trying to figure out the, the loopholes of if you get a wedding gift afterwards. And then she did something. I, I, she was just calling random people. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was like really unrealistic because wouldn't you just like kind of ask a couple people? You wouldn't like go through the phone book one by one and talk to people you haven't talked to in years who insult her. I mean, you can tell she's been she's dealt with the with the uh, teenage mother, you know, criticism a lot because she just, you know, it's almost like it's she's Teflon. Like she's heard it all before. Yeah, she just kind of, you know. She just lets it. It doesn't seem like it bothers her because she's probably heard it so much. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but yeah, and then uh, at the same time too, uh, Matt. Well, Rory, Paris, Madeline, and Louise are all assigned uh, a death scene from Romeo and Juliet, and uh, 
They got to work. Who do they got to work with? Tristan. Tristan. Because he had an old girlfriend in every group. <laughs> so, or something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was pretty funny. It's also like, that's yeah. just totally Tristan too. And also it's, I think it's like mm-hmm. of the show that like the law dictates that if Tristan's in their class, they have to put him in the group because like, right. Of course. And right. uh, yeah. So, you know, Dean finds out that Tristan's in the play and doesn't, doesn't take too kindly. We've talked about how toxic Dean can be. And I think his jealousy gets to be mm-hmm. real old, real fast. Yeah, and this is this is a sign of someone very controlling. Yeah, a hundred percent. He even is- though he phrased it as this isn't a big deal, I just want to go after you know, there's the intent was to watch her. Yeah, which um, is really weird. It's weird and it's and it's abusive. Yeah. Um that you would say, you know, I and she said to him no, and he still did it. I think she said repeatedly no, and he still was there. So so we knew that Dean was not a healthy person, but this is where it gets into this is not a good relationship. And people are still telling her that it's a healthy relationship and it's good. And it's what not. is up with that? Yeah. No, it's not at all. No, and like, I really, I mean, here's the thing. Tristan, not great either because, you know, Rory asked right. him not to mention the kiss. And what does he do? He goes ahead and he just decides, I'm going to tell Dean about this kiss. That's exactly what she doesn't want. Right. Yeah. Right. So he knew he wasn't supposed to, but at the same time, oh, yeah. it's, it's Tristan. But he's, Tristan doesn't care. Tristan right. Or Tristan, care. Tristan's interested in her still. So he's just, but Paris seems to come to terms with the fact that he and Rory don't have anything going. Remember yeah. she was really into that and got obsessed with it. And now she's, now she's like, Oh, fine. Yeah. She doesn't have any issue with them being Romeo and Juliet. I think it's because they know they were writing them out of the show. They had to kind of like close that subplot because it's like, right. you can't really be like, oh, you're still into Tristan when he's not around the show anymore. So, right. yeah. And they move a little bit towards them being friends, which is good. You know, mm-hmm. they they share a lot more in common than I think they would like to admit, but I think they, they make for good friends. Oh, Rory and Tristan? Rory and um, Paris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paris... This is where, you know, she was kind of out of control before. Now she gets super out of control. Yeah. With, uh, And then we see that a little bit later in the next episode. But, um, yeah, like, really, yeah, this is this is when someone kind of needs to have control over things when there's a lot of stuff they don't have control over in their lives. And we get yeah. into a little of the next episode. But mm. the amount of, of kind of dictatorship she shows, which is interesting because... Speaking of dictators, should be a Lorelai mentioned Mussolini when she's talked about the Il Duce, which is Mussolini's nickname, uh, yeah. when she talked about the ice cream maker. But um, but the and so the levels of dictatorship that Paris will go to to make sure that she gets her her fifty percent of her grade an A because Harvard doesn't want students that don't like Shakespeare or whatever. Yeah, it's it gets pretty disturbing. Yeah, like it's yeah it. It gets really offsetting just how, like, I think, like uh, Rory, Paris has the one definitive goal of getting into Harvard, but unlike Rory, who is able to still manage having a life, you can tell that Paris just sort of doesn't. And I don't think she does so because she wants to. I think she does so maybe because 
she just really doesn't have much of a life. It sounds like her home life is pretty bad and all this. So she just maybe dives into, you know, this whole Harvard thing. And she tries to paint it as like, this is what you need to do. But it's like, no, you're going a little above and beyond. So Right. It's it's a justification for her behavior. Yeah. When I guess she'd be a really difficult person to get along with. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. They, you know, Tristan uh, doesn't show up, and then he does show up, and he says, "I gotta go. My dad's sending me to military school." And right. uh, that's it with that. Uh, Tristan's gone. It felt like a weird episode because it's like they wanted to show us as much Tristan as possible, but they also had to like kind of close that story off too. So right. Which, it's a little bit smoother than how they've written off, well, not Gilmore Girls, but just TV in general. Shows have written off people. It kind of did make sense, because they have been building towards he was kind of a bad boy, and that he had gotten involved with these two friends and started doing you know, law-breaking stuff. Yeah. And I guess the, the ultimate was him breaking into the safe, right, with his friends. Yeah. So, they they did that. They wrote him out better than than some other shows have written out characters. I would agree with that, yeah. It wasn't as bad. Including a disappearance. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no and it's like i think they just know that he's not really coming back so they just kind of mm-hmm. gave a good end of yeah he's going to military school so right um yeah and then uh we don't we don't have a question we just have a statement from sarah who says can we just say thank goodness tristan's gone that's it that's <laughs> no question it's just thank goodness tristan's gone uh, you know but he apparently did a good good job because he got two acting gigs out of this, including one that he was on for a while. So, yeah. and uh, yeah, well, you know, Tristan was maybe not the most friendliest of people or people you really rooted for. Right. You know what? He served a purpose, and and he uh, and he had that little Mary quote with Rory, so you know he kind of softened a little bit. But yeah, yeah, he still was not showing up for the group, and yeah, you know, part of that I wonder if he was just doing to see watch Paris melt down. Oh, man, Paris. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Rest rest in peace, Tristan. Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you show up again. I can't remember what exactly. Yeah, he's going to military school. school, And then his dad has has his only appearance where the dad just very sternly looks at him like, come on, let's go. Yeah. That was was his dad's whole appearance. I, I like that, too. I was like, okay. Like... The dad just shows up for just like a little bit just to be like right yeah that he is a dad yeah we're, <laughs> just solidify the story right we're 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 here to like make sure that you know there's no no way you could ever um you know question get out of the veracity of, <laughs> of the story yeah and the guy that plays his dad is named jim jenkins and they literally have him credited as this tristan's dad they didn't oh there you go more. Danny yeah. doesn't have a first name. Maybe he was just born Tristan's dad. And just by chance, he had a kid named Tristan. He's just Tristan's dad. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Uh, let's see here. Favorite performance in the episode. Do you have a favorite? I, yeah. You know, I kind of like Tristan in the end, I have to say, even though my feelings about Tristan are conflicted. Um, I thought that the send-off was pretty good where he was talking to Rory and he said, well, I kiss you, but you know, he might see me. And then he called her Mary, which in the beginning that the naming her Mary, I remember I pointed that out as a form of gaslighting when you call somebody by a name that is not theirs, but it kind of turned at the end of that episode into like kind of an endearment thing. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I liked, I liked his send-off. Okay. 
yeah, you know what? Because this is the last episode and he's not going to have any other opportunity to be on this list, I'm going to say, yeah, Tristan, you win. You, you're uh, Chad Michael Murray. You win favorite performance in this episode because mm-hmm. this, this is it. It's your last chance. This is it. Your send off. I mean, Never mind you're going on other stuff, but for this. Yeah, for this, you know, maybe it's a political move, but I'll, I'll, I'll give him it. You know, he and the stuff at the end I thought was pretty good, like with him. A political you know, being, move? What does that mean? It's just joke. Like you know, like the the factors of choosing that he get wins the award is more so because this is the oh. last episode, and not. Oh no, I was strictly wrong. <laughs> I just thought that last part was good. It was clever, right? It was good. Yeah, I'm joking about the whole political making a political oh, okay, move. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll give it to Tristan. Least per- favorite performance, Dean. Ooh. Yeah, well, he, you know, for I think for me, Dean being a control freak actually fits. So I mm. think that actually was played well okay. uh, because that's kind of who we knew he was. So he's almost kind of taking off the mask a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would say prop. I, you know, I simultaneously thought Paris did really well. Then she also overdid it, too. Okay. Yeah. So I would say that because, I mean, there yeah. are people that have that personality, but she she played it to the hilt, which might have been the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way she interacted with Patty and Patty was just like, you know, not caring. She's like, whatever. I really like that interchange too. But yeah, I think Paris is a little overdone. Yeah. But she kind of has to amp it up to be the foil to Rory. Right. So. Yeah. So. All right. Um, yeah. The favorite reference in this episode. Do we have a favorite Again, so many. Um, no, I would just say just a, a callback line, the Mary line. I like that. That's okay. not really a reference, but. I did like the Suki saying, ooh, a muso luciono or whatever. Oh, story. yeah. And then Lorelei saying Celine somebody. Celine Duce. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, somebody sent me a fascist ice cream maker. Oh, right. Yeah. I like the historical reference. Yeah. It doesn't have to always be pop culture. It can be. You know, just general history as well. well it, it, yeah, and and um, Lorelai's made history quotes before, like history references. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So this, this is she does it like every few episodes. Yeah. Um. Then yeah, my favorite line I'd say. Uh, Dean, when he said, "Oh, so did you and Paris actually kiss, or was that a stage thing?" And then uh, Rory says, a lady never kisses and tells. I like that. that Even though during the show, at the end scene, they don't kiss at all. Like, she just collapses onto her, right? Like, she has the poison, she collapses. So it's like, well, why are you asking that if you saw it? That was a little confusing to me. But I also also like the different different portrayals of Shakespeare. Like, there was a, wasn't there a caveman one? Yeah. And... And Lane's boyfriend was in one where they were all businessmen or something. I thought that was kind of cute where they were showing all the different iterations of how they were doing Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a neat thing about the show. They add those little details that are kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell they were having some fun with it, too. So Because it would have been so easy just to show the group with Paris in it, you know. And But now they showed two other groups, too. Yeah. And I just really like that. They didn't yeah. have to do that. I just wanted, like... While they were working on this, one of the other groups just be like, "Can like we please get through this without any drama? Like, please, right? 
Or just you think about how much time and effort it took to get those two scenes together, the caveman and the businessman, how much time it took to get that all pulled together and get everybody costuming and everything. And then it's on screen for like two seconds. It always is, amazes me the amount of effort that goes behind something that just isn't a blink of an eye. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I think it's time for some... Oh, any mental health observations in this episode that you notice anything in particular? Uh, yeah, Paris, um, that, that, um, that kind of that, I don't want to say type A because I think type A gets a bad name. Um, but that kind of relentless pushing and not considering other people's feelings. Mm. Um, if you see that in adulthood, we start thinking like narcissism, right? Yeah. So, but um, but we don't know what her story is. We find out a little bit in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that that there's that kind of behavior doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, yeah. There's something that happened, and my guess is is that there's either too much parental involvement or none at all. And we right. find out next episode which one it is. Um, so mm-hmm. there's. And I, I, my guess is, is that she's using the Harvard thing as a way to mask vulnerabilities and to justify her behavior. And right. again, you know, she's a teenager in the show. So is she conscious of doing that? Probably not. Um, mm. but, but I find it interesting that nobody says anything to her because I don't know if it's the, they think that the, it's pointless to do so yeah. or, or she's intimidating. I could see both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say to for behind the scenes trivia. Uh, this episode was written by John Stevens, who uh, he had written. He's actually a pretty big director, screenwriter, and producer. He's worked on a lot of stuff, including Gilmore Girls, The OC, Gotham. He worked on a bunch of stuff. Um, he was the writer for this episode, so I thought it was pretty neat. This guy's a pretty pretty big guy nowadays. He probably was just cutting his teeth on the whole Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. thing. But again, uh, another person that started out there. Yeah, yeah, a little more behind the scenes than in front of the camera, but still, um, yeah, he wrote a few, quite a few episodes actually. A lot of the stuff in season, some stuff in season one, uh, mm-hmm. mostly season two. He also did, uh, yeah. The episodes Emily in Wonderland and Starcraft Lovers and Other Strangers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So Those are good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does a good job of writing bad boy characters. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, the OC with, um, gosh, what's his name? I've never seen that. I'm trying to remember. Uh, ben McKenzie in um, the OC. Very much like a bad boy. And then you watch this, it's like... I, I was like, oh, he seems to know how to write bad boys. So, anyways. And I, yeah. I would, yeah. And Tristan showed some humanity, which was nice. Yeah. But it's interesting. He didn't want to be in all these groups because of all the girls that he had been out with or whatever. But then he goes into a group with Paris. Yeah. Which they've had some conflicts, which is really interesting that Paris was the best choice out of all the groups. Yeah. Well, I think, too, like, he only went on one date with her and even then he didn't seem to consider it a date so maybe that was right. it he was right. probably like yeah i only went out once with her so she's probably the safest bet right, right. 
Uh, I think it's time to rate this. What would you give this episode a score of? Uh, I'd give it a... I'm between 7 and 8, so I'll, I'll give it a 7. Okay. Um, I liked a little, some of the details. Um, I liked the way that, you know, that Tristan exited, and they did it better than some other shows have done it. Uh, I think that they could have toned down Paris a little bit, made it a little more realistic. Okay. Mm, I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10. Uh, ah, tell me about your five. I, I wasn't a fan of this. I think because we spent so much time with Tristan, and then you kind of find out it's for nothing, really. Why? <laughs> it just it felt kind of like a waste of time because it's like, oh, great, we're learning so much about Tristan. We're really developing his character, and then he's gone. And I'm like, this would have been great back in season one or even earlier in season two. The fact mm-hmm. that we get all this Tristan characterization in this episode felt pretty jarring now mind you they probably had a plan to like flesh him out in like other seasons but we don't know mm-hmm. if that that was going to be the case or not so uh i, I don't know i part of me that feels like yeah this episode felt like a ton of tristan and then he's gone and i was like oh okay well okay, sure. right. so yeah that's why I messed I, this time and now you're leaving yeah yeah it just felt kind of weird but i will say this i do agree that like how he left was pretty well done you know they closed his yeah. character off pretty well and uh like actually you know, send off instead of disappearing yeah you know now or, have... or a character talking about him like oh yeah tristan really likes military school or something you know like that's yeah. usually what shows would did do. you hear that tristan's dad sent him to military school like at least yeah they showed it and gave him i can't bit. believe he did it yeah yeah i think um yeah it it this episode doesn't have too much else going on in it that really makes it interesting. It really is so focused on this whole Tristan backstory, giving him a little bit more and then yeah, sending him off. So it kind of feels like not like a complete waste, but it does feel like an episode that you could skip realistically. Like filler, you, yeah. Like yeah. a little bit of filler. Yeah. Yeah. Or not for the catharsis of uh, finally seeing Tristan gone. So, but something tells me the show's going to bring in <laughs> other people we dislike just as much as Tristan. I mean, we still have Dean, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And and we can also see, again, you know, why Paris is an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Because she does not care for, no. for anything that goes outside of her realm of control. No, no. She's very much uh, somebody focused on herself. So. Right. Oh. And we again we get we hear a little bit more about that in the next episode. Yes. Okay. Well, you can find Steph over at stephaniesarkis.com. I'm over at well, cheek stephaniesarkis.com and then Gaslighting's the book, Talking Brains the podcast. There that's the proper order. And then you can find me over at threeingrenerds.com where I've got stuff going up almost every other day. So, until next time everybody. Bye for now.